You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and its local media this week. The programme where we look at the local print media and uh, we give our take and we suggest maybe things that uh, you might read on it. The Clare Echo and the Clare Champion. I'm joined, uh, first of all, the our usual panel, John S. Kelly. John, very welcome. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Pat O'Brien. Pat, good to see you. Thanks, Jim. And David Fleming. David, welcome again. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Local media this week is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Ruth based in Fecal. And we have a guest this evening uh, sitting around the table with us uh, from the Clare Echo, Head of News and Sport in the Clare Echo, Parik McMahon. Parik, great to see you. Thanks very much, Jim. Thanks for having me. Jim, this is a very important point. Yes, As a guest, you know, he arrived bearing gifts. <laughs> yes. Edibles. Oh. <laughs> and Pat here is salivating at the mouth. Yes. <laughs> but he can't see what they are. I do. <laughs> They'll be rushing through the program so they, they, they will. <laughs> anyway, it's um, great to see you, Boric, and uh, thanks for dropping out to Scarif. Well, always, always a pleasure. And uh, just to tell Janice, it's only for the festive season. Now, I may be setting a high standard for Dan Denner when he does come out today. Touche. We haven't had Dan actually in studio yet. We've done on a few times, but it's normally on the phone he has been. But lately, uh, here's this. It's up the ante now. The ante is up. Uh, okay, we'll start, I suppose, with the... With the front pages and on, on both front pages of the Clare Echo and uh, the Clare Champion it's uh, the emphasis is on Shannon Airport um, actually we were down there during the week and if you were listening yesterday at 11 or 1 o'clock you'd have heard that uh, Dara Leamy and myself went to Shannon Airport uh, we went last Tuesday and we attacked various passengers as they were coming into the arrivals hall and uh, we had a lovely chat with, with a load of people. Where were they coming from generally? London, but they were coming from both London Gatwick and London Heathrow. But in several cases, they were coming from, you know, it was just the last yeah. hop in their journey home. Mm-hmm. Uh, met one couple who came home and brought their one and a half year old son. And uh, Granny was there to get the first glimpse of the of the little lad and it was lovely. You'd love to you'd love to be able to to video the stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and see the, the 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 visual side of that. Yes, it's I mean the excitement in a, in any family that yeah. would be a his, really historic. Are there possibilities know, of that down the way? Of of videoing. Yeah. Oh yeah, we could video things and put them up on. You, know. you get Shannon Airport to sponsor it. They're ma- they're <laughs> breaking in the cash by the by the looks of the head. A festive bonus for Shannon Airport. Busiest Christmas season since '09, but fears over Dublin lifting passenger cap. Um, th- this is your story, Porik. Um, do you? By the way, it's it appears in both front pages of the newspapers. Is there a cosy cartel between the two <laughs> newspapers that you decide? We'll now we'll concentrate on Shannon this week. I wouldn't say so on that one. Um, we get on very well. Um, to describe as cosy would probably be inaccurate. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I just think it, it definitely, if you even go back over podcasts of the local media show 2022, Shannon Airport would have been a regularly, mm. almost a weekly discussed item. This year, may, maybe not talking about it as much because it's flying it, um, literally. And, you know, we're seeing records broken across the board um, as of the first nine months of this year. They had 1.34 million passengers flying through, which is very good. Appear, Mary Constein appears to, to be doing a great job as, as CEO since she's gone in there. Um, a couple of changes to the board and of personnel has helped things as well. But it, it's definitely a case of why we're delighted with how it's going. I think, I, I can't speak for the clear champion, but we were nearly keen to put a positive story on the front just for Christmas. Um, so we have a soul at, at times and have to show it. But uh, while we're, we're saying that as well, there's definitely a lot more potential for Shannon Airport and that's discussed in the in the story like we're seeing Dublin Airport are lo- looking to increase their cap on passengers, which is currently at 32 million. They wanted to go to 40 million. Whereas if we give those 8 million passengers to Shannon Airport, the difference it would do, like we see countless people would talk about it as being the biggest economic driver in the in the region, let alone the county, and the spin-off in employment and hospitality for taxi drivers, for everything, is massive. So hopefully we'll see um, people banging the table at a higher level than here in Scarif about it, but um, it, there's definitely so much more potential for sure. There's another side to that coin, and you hear it from the people living in the suburban, the suburban area around the airport in Dublin. Is that what you want down here? Well, it's some bit of a balance. I don't think we'll get to, I don't think we'll get to 32 million. But if we had an extra 8 million passengers, that's a lot of, a lot of that, that would lead to an awful lot of business. And I'm not so sure if I were living over in the new market or the, you know, the, that general area in the airport, near the airport, I would not like to have a constant stream of flipping well aircraft at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. Mm. that's the price you'll pay oh, we, for progress well, look, I can't speak is, for, is that for, for everyone in the market but I definitely welcome in, in the market I wouldn't mind my sleep being disrupted <laughs> for the sake of the economy well John I, I don't think there's any great danger you needn't worry too much about it because uh, Dublin Airport aren't going to uh, release any of those uh, flights well, so. I would say if and they'd go up to 50 if they could if Dublin Airport uh, if you increase the flights you'll probably go into the night time Whereas with Shannon, uh, you could do an awful lot of increasing during the day. The day uh, but listen, let me take you back to my courting days, John, if you, if you don't mind. Your courting? My courting days. Yes. I'm very interested in them. <laughs> okay, because uh, my, my wife uh, comes from literally a few hundred metres from the runway at Shannon Airport. Yeah. And her sister was literally at the end of the runway, where I used to often stay for the weekend. Yes. Right? Yes, and at that time there were plenty of night flights in Shannon, uh, to be before Parry's time, because the Russians were in full flow, literally yeah, with oil and whatever, uh, in Shannon. And when the the Russians used to the the Illusion sixty twos would sit at the end of the runway, and for about three minutes they'd have the engines on full blast. Rest, yeah. The house would shake literally. I know when I was first started going out with Marguerite. The house, the whole house would shake. Hmm. But I was the only one. I was, I was the only what one. Was she shaking? <laughs> because only a few hundred vibration, away, yeah. The yeah. vibrations yeah. from the engine at full blast. Yes. Nobody else, only myself, heard no. this noise. Because they were used to it. Yeah. They were so used to it. They, they wouldn't. I'd wake up an odd time during the night and I'd hear this thing. But I got used to it as well. 
Yeah, but there are some planes going into Shannon in the night time because you know, we're on the flight path and there's a lot of, uh, you know, at six in the morning or five in the yeah. morning or four yeah. and you could yeah. wake up and hear a plane passing Well, it's uh, often the American military are going through at various yeah. hours of the day. But the, it doesn't it come down, Porrick, to aviation policy. And the government could, if they wished, at the stroke of a pen, um, on the recommendation of the Aviation Authority, no doubt, which I understand is led by Lewis Hines. Am I right in that? And um, that they could say, right, we're going to have a balanced aviation policy. Dublin will have so much bearing in mind John's concerns for the Dublin citizens located near the airport and bearing in mind the citizens, <coughs> um, Jim's in-laws, very close to the runways uh, of Shannon. Like, we could, we could, and Cork could get their share and, and so on. It could be pieced um, out. But that's, that's absolutely it. And, um, like, the National Plan and Framework advocates for balanced regional development. And uh, Limerick Green Party TD Brian Leden came out this week saying they plan to increase the 8 million at Dublin flights, flies in the face of this National Plan and Framework. So, again, we have to see, are they serious about... Yeah us in the sticks or whatever you want to call us but this year as well we've seen the people on the hinterland of Dublin the people in Kildare Leash all these people are coming to Shannon to fly from Shannon because it's so much easier than flying from yeah. Dublin yeah. Yeah. well now I did fly through Dublin this week and funnily enough uh, I was in Berlin on Wednesday and I was talking to a person where they actually in Germany they have this policy which is um, that the capital Brandenburg Berlin airport doesn't have all the flights. Uh, their piece, their their them out between Frankfurt and uh, this man actually was giving out about it because of course it's easier to get to the capital city. It's much harder to get to some of the regional airports. Yeah. Um, but in Germany they do have this um, limits on. They have, they have it all over Europe. They have it in, yeah. in, in Schiphol and in, 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 in Amsterdam as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, if, if you come into Amsterdam and you, you have so many flights, you have to you have to have so many more flights into the region. Tell me, Pat, what are they saying down in Cork as this conversation is going on here? Well, I'm not sure they have, they have probably... Probably the same, have, probably the same thing. Probably the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose the 8 million in extra in Dublin could be shared out between Cork yeah, and Cork and Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of the councillors get agitated by this Porrick. Um, do they do actual? Do they do anything about it apart from talking about it? Well, Councillor Pat McMahon there is, is quoted as saying, "What can a humble councillor do about it?" But I'm more or less I'm paraphrasing now. But he's going to submit the motion anyway, and and see what can happen. And in fairness, um, Pat's going to be retiring in June. Fewer politicians have been as vocal on Shannon Airport as, as Councillor McMahon, which is great to see. Um, Kyle Crow, since he's gone into the doll, has maybe been vocal on it a bit more. But like, they, there's no harm to keep the pressure on. Um, we saw on the subject of councillors, they looked for an in-camera meeting with the HSE CEO a couple of weeks ago, and I wouldn't have any sympathy for them that they were told it's not happening because in-camera meetings are pushing it politely at two fingers toes in the media yeah. because they're not in and then they feel we can ask questions whereas the yeah. people of the public and it's one of the subjects we're going to be discussing I presume in an instant in UHL anything to do with health mm. should be out in the public mm. should be open and transparent mm. and that is a trend that's kind of crept into Clare County Council that let's do things and you know certain right. councillors want it to happen and it's um is it because they think that uh, organisations like the HSE wouldn't necessarily be maybe as fully open with the politicians if it was in a public 
setting? Yeah, I think absolutely. That's that's um, that's some of the rationale in it, and maybe some of them might be a bit um, disappointed with how they'd be quoted if they made a mistake and, and how they're quoted in the paper. Like, um, funnily enough, I we mentioned Dan earlier. Um, if anyone was shopping in LD a couple of weeks ago, they'd have seen myself and Dan in the midst of a debate in one of the shopping aisles, and we were talking about uh, a different thing, and, and you know, we were having a great conversation, and, and we were saying that politicians now, with their use of social media, they're putting things on social media with their news because it's much easier to go to social media than to maybe deal with Dan or myself asking him questions about it and yeah. it's put out that oh I'm great I've got this for, for Claire and I've got this for my certain area like funnily enough one of the issues you've covered in recent weeks is um, Senator Timmy Dooley yeah. um, I didn't take any offence to it but he didn't tell me that particular story about not running for election because I think he'd know maybe some of the questions that have been thrown about him or that he was kind of knew what was going to come so um, I just it's an interesting trend as well um, that, that their yeah. use of social media But as, as a journalist now would you have to therefore keep an eye on the various social media feeds from all the politicians or, or do you just ignore that? No you would have to um, definitely keep an eye like sometimes there could be uh, particularly on a local level our councillors would be very involved in things there might be an event and stuff that w- that mightn't have been brought to our attention so it is Im- important yeah. to keep to keep an eye on it and it's um, the famous West Clare Hotelier I think is who we've to credit for politicians use of social media change and that um, they're getting the, the news out there themselves yeah. and they're in control of it yeah, this, uh, we'll, we'll move on and you did mention UHL there a moment ago and uh, it's on it's on the front page of the Clare Champion and it's I'm sure you have it here as well, Porrick. The, um, the the late Eva Johnson, and I suppose the the problem and the the basic story everyone will know at this stage. But during the week, there was a, a further little bit added in that there will be an independent inquiry by a former chief justice. Yeah, um, again, Bernard Gloucester is recently in as the CEO of the HSE, so I guess there's a sense of pressure on him to get this done right and to be seen to be doing things differently. Um, the family, through an awful trauma that they've, they've been through, were also disrespected in the fact that this report was months behind when it was supposed to be done. And then the fact that a fresh investigation has been called for, there's obviously questions um, that haven't been answered. Um, so hopefully for the family's sake there will be some bit of closure um, because like if it was only 16 um, leaving her student in St Caymans and Shannon she had so much of her life ahead of her and it's these type of stories that are particularly very difficult to cover um, when unfortunately the headlines like Forever Young are used um, and they're they're just very tragic stories to be covering and um, just for her family's sake we hope that the new report is done in an efficient and effective manner that brings them the answers they're looking for. Yeah, I know we were talking about it here on this programme last week and uh, it was almost a surprise to see the HSE come out straight away with an apology. Mm. I mean, there have been lots of occasions when the HSE haven't come out with an apology Mm -hmm. or maybe come out with an apology on the steps of the court. You know, it's... it's, um, it's, Hopefully, as you said, there will be some um, progress... But one. is it just yet another report, unfortunately, a report which will say probably very similar things to the previous reports, which is, you know, um, this was, this happened, it shouldn't have happened, it happened because UHL on that particular day had one of the highest numbers of uh, attendees in the accident emergency than 
ever before. Remember, it was this time last year, and we've got the same numbers probably again. Yeah. Um, will it just say all the same things, Porig? Yeah, I'd be I'd be slightly concerned because Jim, as you're mentioning the word inquiry, one of the things that comes to my head is the family of Pat Nugent in Bunrashi, who've been waiting decades for answers and were promised by Minister for Justice Helen McEntee when she came in that there'd be something. Um, what enables the? What, what is the answer to that? I, I, don't, I don't know, but it's it's a kind of tying in with the in-camera meeting. Like, they want to keep people in the dark. For some reason, I can't understand it. Um, we could put conspiracy theories together, but it's it's not right. Like, Eva Johnston went in to hospital. Her father was screaming out for her to get care and was ignored. Um, and absolutely, the nurses and the doctors inside New HL are under fierce pressure. And it's been said on several occasions, and it's worth repeating, that when you get through the trolleys, the care is is you know people have said second to none but it's not good enough that we have to wait three or four days to get through that system um, and I don't know what's going to be done but there's people that have been in management positions with UL Hospitals Group for a long time and again I mentioned him Dan Danher has done great work highlighting it in hospital but there's been no accountability that people are being there and let's stay in positions unelected people that seem to be to be allowed like again chopping and changing one of the big stories of the year, D Forbes, Director General, hasn't been brought before an Eructus committee. Mm. You know, is allowed to get away scot free. I presume she's still sick. Well, I haven't <laughs> been talking to her to verify, but um, <laughs> we can throw out. You know, it's very, very I, I, convenient. I hope the committee will will renew the invitation every six months. Maybe she's on a trolley something. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay. Well, we don't wish we wish these dwarves well yes. in, in her recovery. Um, but uh, it is, I suppose, the RT uh, affair during the summer is one thing. Uh, no one died, um, but I mean, in the health, it's a totally different issue. So we look forward to, to something progress being made at least. If the right questions are answered, then hopefully the answers can be. You know, where something failed, maybe it hopefully yeah. it won't fail again. Mm. Okay, looking at the, uh, I suppose, we'll stay around Shannon and whatever. Bunratty, uh, Parik, you have a piece in uh, on page um, 8 in the Clare Echo, where the numbers in Bunratty are up. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a great, I mean, another good news story for Christmas. Absolutely, yeah. 14% uh, increase in visitor numbers in Bunratty Castle for this year. Um, and it's fair to say we'll probably be quick to knock them later on. But Clare County Council have done a very good job since the transfer of Shannon Heritage sites have gone through on Bunratty Castle, Nepal, Craig and Owen. There's just been um, a sense of reinvigoration in these sites. There's a lot more happening. Even how they're promoting it, um, we're here in, in, in our line of work, we're hearing a lot more from them on what's going on and maybe telling us this is happening in Bunratty, could you maybe promote it? And that, that's, you know, we're glad to promote it because it is, it was recently enough in, I think, one of the top 10 visited sites going back over a decade or so, Bunratty. So there is huge potential there. And even I was in lucky enough to be in Bunratty Village today. There's so much going on in there. Um, great uh, restaurants that have reopened and kind of going through a little a mini boom or whatever you want mm. to call it. And it's only a certain um, we didn't coordinate now that we were there or not, yeah. so maybe someone else around the table uh, might go tomorrow. Uh, Parag, how significant is the uh, support which the media, particularly particularly the um, the print media, uh, how in supporting uh, the development of Bunratty and the and the other sites? How significant can ye be? I'm not saying you're not significant at all. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, is there room for uh, a direct 
philosophy coming out of the the journalism to promote because we both of us were in were in the hunt museum board for a number of years and um, and we got very little uh, in the way of support from uh, from the print media hmm? that be true John. but i suppose it, it it wasn't the it wouldn't have been our um, it would have been shannon group i suppose that would have needed it um, rather than the, the thing but, but, but I, I don't know I, I think yeah. that, that there was plenty of room we, for ages we, we beseeched the county council to provide laybys from the main road as far as the actual site itself this is Craig and Owen now Craig and Owen now we're talking about and um, mm. we never got very far did we I suppose what, what we would be interested to know Bunrati is always popular isn't it and um, it's interesting you say it's the 65th anniversary uh, of it this year. I didn't know that, actually, the 65th anniversary. And, and there is a related story about it. I think Brendan O'Regan was one of the prime movers, wasn't he, behind Bunratty Castle? There's another story in the paper about, about him. But um, while Bunratty and the medieval banquet, which itself, as you say, Pori, got uh, 43,000 people just attended that alone. Huge. It's a massive number when you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. 43,000. Um, it's the other sites that I'd be curious about and whether they, they're also seeing a lift. I don't know if you know this, Pori. Have they also, so we're talking about um, Napog, Craganone, and uh, the Vandalour Gardens, I think, is part of is part of the council's remit as well. Yeah, now the Vandalore uh, had been part of the remit prior to prior the, the Shannon Heritage mm. Transfer. Now we, we wouldn't have numbers offhand on Nepal and Craig and but just in terms of activity alone, there's more happening there. There's more investment <coughs> gone into maybe improving the infrastructure that's there. Yeah. So it's getting a bit of TLC that it previously hadn't gotten. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of school tours that have been there. As far as I know, school tours hadn't been going to Crano- or Nepal or Craig and in recent years. So there is changing yeah. okay Bunratty is front and centre as the main yeah. attraction in it like um, Clare Tourism East is going to have Inish Caltra as the main um, driver in terms of tourism to East Clare so they have gone up exactly to quantify the numbers I wouldn't have them for you but mm-hmm. again just to answer your question John it's about I don't, couldn't say how significant we've been but um, personally I we would have made um kind of made it our mission to keep the Shannon Heritage thing in the spotlight as much as we could. No um, less than yourselves did with the Broadford Sewerage Scheme. Yeah. Because if those things aren't talked about or they're not on Scarab Bay or they're not in the Clare Echo or the Clare Champion or Clare Femme, then they're maybe not going to be conversation points amongst people. So it's, um, it's, it's a challenge for us uh, that we discussed. Like we could do um, health stories every week, but sometimes people can become immune to the story. Mm. So it's just about yeah. trying to, to keep it done yeah. in such a way. Yeah. 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 Just, sorry, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. You know, just there's over 10.5 million capital investment programme and 4 million um, is, is being spent at the present time and they're hoping to spend another 6.5 million in 2024 on the on the sites. Is this the, go- is this the government money the that government, they Yeah, the government finance, I'd say, yeah, yeah. That yeah. the council yeah. spent a long time mm. trying to secure that money. Mm. Uh, any idea wh- where the money is, is being spent? Is it being spent on, on, on the buildings it's, uh, themselves and the castle and the, the folk park in... in conserving the, the, these buildings 
or is it being spent on marketing or there's there's, there's a lot um, of, of different areas like the roof needed repairs and then one of the things that the council have come in and said is the IT systems in terms of the book and they needed to upgrade all of them and they were, they, that was supposedly quite um, expensive to do that and then there is across the board on the different Shannon Heritage sites that there is investment um, going into as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. As I suppose we're a community radio public and we see ourselves as part of our remit as to be to promote the various things in our area you know in Ishkaltra, Craganoe and all, all of those things um, but for yourselves as a you know, you're a, you're a media, you're a news organisation, uh, you're journalists, whereas we're not. Um, we're kind of hopeless, we're kind of promoting the area around here. But I mean, you said that you try to promote it at times when you can. Uh, and you have to ask hard questions then when, when questions need to be asked. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, like it. Again, you have to be neutral in my side of things while there are issues of importance to highlight, but... You know, you might be, for argument's sake, if, if, if Pat was working in Shannon Heritage or something, you're speaking and asking questions on, on Pat's behalf. Like, I remember, um, it would have been prior to the 2019 local elections, Killette Cowan, uh, the CEO of UL Hospitals Group, was in and had addressed councillors, and we had a tough job to actually get her to ask a co- answer a couple of questions on her behalf. And the retired former mayor, Claire Christy Curtin, went up to me beforehand and he said, no pressure, but you're asking questions now on the peop- on behalf of the people of Clare. So that's something we keep in mind as much as we can. Like, there's hundreds of people employed in those Shannon Heritage sites. And then, like, we're not putting our personal slant on it. You won't see me writing much analysis pieces. Maybe I should be, but you won't see me putting my opinion on different things. I'm probably giving it more today than I normally would. But, um, I'm just oh, wait, there's no one listening. You're among friends today. There's thousands listening, but it's um, it's just there's certain issues that need to be kept in the in the in the spotlight and um, peak accountability would one would be the the big things I'd uh, like to keep to hold people account. So we just try to do that um, as much as we can. Yes. Mm. Okay. Well, there's a big story, Jim, um, also on page eight. Uh, NS twenty forty to deliver housing scheme and. This is, this is, this is, I'd say this is going to run and run a little bit because it's very controversial. Um, it, uh, NS2040 DAC, this is the company which Clare <laughs> County Council have established to renovate, rejuvenate certain parts of the, of the town. I tell you, Pat O'Brien is waiting. I know, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm allowing the listener to get the introduction before Pat explodes here in a minute. But um, it, is the, it is the company that the council has to, to develop mm-hmm. Abbey Street and various other places. And, and they, they bought four cottages and a very large p- plot of ground at the back of Francis Street. Um, which they were going to put a car park on, but now it would seem that there's been a decision to build social housing. And this has, this has really upset certain councillors. Um, the argument being that what does a, a, a company know about delivering social houses? Why doesn't Clare County Council deliver the houses? Well, I think they were, they were set up to, to put in uh, buildings and bring business into Tennis. I don't, I don't think they're remit is to build houses, but if they're going to build houses, I suppose they'll, they, they can build them. But, uh, but I, why I, doesn't Clare County Council build the houses? I can't, yeah, well, sure. I think um, Johnny Flynn is asking the question there about it. 
he said uh, he's one of them. He's he's the chairman of the housing committee and the, and the yeah. council, and he's he's asking the question. How come the council haven't done yeah, it? Yeah, he says the, the bottom line here is you have an, in, an inexperienced body who was never put in place to deal with housing, and then you have an experienced body like Clare County Council's team and the housing department being demoted, and they have no choice but to carry out the wishes of the chief executive. The DAC has put on the road... The, sorry, the DAC was put on the road by the council and it is now becoming the lead authority on the delivery of affordable housing in Ennis. Well, that's just to correct uh, one point. It's it's not going to be social housing. It's going to be a for, It's going oh, to be one of the, the first housing. the first affordable housing scheme in the in the country. And this is coming off the back of um, a strategic policy committee, the social development one, which has responsibility for housing. So sometimes when you have nearly an addiction to attending Clare County Council meetings, you might come across a good story every now and then. So. Councillor Jerry Flynn, who chairs it, would be considered a bit of an expert in housing. And he and Tommy Gilfile, who was the campaign manager for Violet and Wynne for the 2020 general election and is now a local election candidate next year, they were asking questions and the council officials weren't asking them. So then... Weren't answering them? Weren't, no. Um, On the involvement of the NS2040 deck, so I suppose I took up the mantle then in my role and asked questions and the initial response was no comment. So we might have asked a couple of more questions and then pulled this together. And Jerry Flynn, um, who's been very, I suppose vocal on the importance of the fourth estate as he calls it like he'd be totally opposed to in-camera meetings he has said this um, NS2040 deck taking over the mantle of this is democracy gone mad and there are as as Pat has mentioned and David has mentioned there's people that are in the housing staff at Clare County Council that's their job is houses and then um, NS2040 deck if I'm being cynical does it suggest the Abbey Street development isn't going to go ahead possibly because that was going to be a mixed use development and what could they do on Francis Street they could maybe try their type of development that they were doing there but as a, as a housing only because from what I can gather since the story has been published it's 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 more apartments as opposed to cottages as we see here but um, it is quite interesting and something that's going to rumble that the first affordable housing scheme in the county is going to be managed or led by a group that isn't a, a housing body. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what's happening there. I mean, um, uh, how would you put it? The point you were making there, he's gone in one year and, and out the other. It'll come back to me. It'll, it'll give you a chance to breathe. We'll be all, we'll be, we'll be all, well, I will anyway, around this table, if, 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 the, if the Abbey Street Care Park development doesn't go ahead. You'll be what? I'd be delighted if the Abbey Street Care Park doesn't go ahead because it's oh, yeah, a that, place that, for functions. It's coming to me now. There are questions of aesthetics attaching to buildings, no matter where they are, okay? But we're talking about housing. Okay? Who determines... Or what determines the style of building that a, a council, either the Clare Council or any other council in the country, opt for? Who decides that when you think about it? Because you, if I bring you into a, a, an art gallery and, uh, and show you, the, let's say, the Mona Lisa, okay, I mightn't like it at all, and you might love it, yet a decision is made by an individual or perhaps a couple of individuals am I off the, uh, the no it depends on the type of scheme there is so 
I, I, my terminology is probably wrong, but if you were to say there's a formula for how, if you look across, if you go into Limerick on the Condale Road, there's mm. social housing. There's nearly a certain type of formula that, that social housing is designed as now, and the Scarif social housing scheme, that'd go in for approval to the Department of Housing, and they'd have to sign off on the different thing. And if it doesn't match designs, certain aspects will be rejected and there'll be modifications that will be have to made and that's what causes delays a lot of the time. But in a lot of cases it would be um, Department of Housing mm. of unelected officials that would have the big say on the design. The design. Yeah. The design. Yeah. Well, but well they, designed for the, they designed for the site as well. Sorry, David. They designed for the site as well, like Scarif, you know, and the side of the hill where the... Yeah. The, you know, they, they have to design for the site if the site and try and get as much as what they can into whatever the, the guidelines are I suppose that's, right. that's probably a lot of the as well Well I'm just as, as you're talking there um like there's a very colourful character in, in our local GA club in the market called um, Shamie Lynch and if I was to paraphrase Shamie Shamie hasn't commented on this but he's often used the line the tail is wagging the dog <laughs> yes. so I think that's what I'm thinking might, might be by happening here yeah. It does um it does suggest that I think it probably does suggest that that uh, the, the 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 traditional role or the customary role of a council is to do this sort of thing, and if you're divesting authority to a private company, and it is a private company, a DAC, it's a, it's a you know they are accountable only to the company's registrar and and company law. They're not. I know they're probably. Um, a council, a wholly owned council company, but ultimately they're only responsible in the law, to um, to 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 under company law, yeah. um, and that's probably not good for democracy at all. And I suppose probably uh, yeah. asking you the question. I suppose the protests there would probably influence a certain amount of what happened here around the on the two particular um, issues the Francis Street cottages which we would have reported first on last October that they were acquired and then the Francis Street Alliance had their protest came out in numbers now wasn't the, the biggest protest yes, but there yeah. was a there was a statement made and similarly Pat the say Venice Town group have had I've never seen the business community as united mm-hmm. in as, as they have been against mm-hmm. the Abbey Street development. And mm-hmm. I know parking is something you'd have discussed regularly here, but even though Councillor Claire Collar Malai stated to me this year that she never had a problem finding a parking space in Ennis. So funnily enough, for that interview that I did with her when she said that, I apologised to her for being 10 minutes late because I couldn't find a parking <laughs> space. <laughs> Percy French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we have that problem in Scarif now as well at the moment. Uh, with with parking, it's all over the place. Listen, I think we're um, yes, we're halfway through. We're more than halfway through. We've been playing extra time for a bit. Um, our resident DJ Park, as you will know from listening to the show, is Pat O'Brien. And uh, Pat, what have you got for us today? Well, we'll have Silent Night from um, Christmas 1915 with Jerry Lynch, uh, R.I.P. You know, oh, the late Jerry Lynch, yes, mm. marvelous singer. So as we're going out on Christmas Eve, we might as well um, have that. So we'll have. Okay. Side of from Jerry Lynch. Pat, thank you very much. 1914 on Christmas Day On the Western Front the guns all died away And lying in the mud on bags of sand We heard a German sing from no man's land He had a tenor voice so pure 
and true. O silent night, no cannons roar. A king is born of peace forevermore. All's calm, all's bright, all brothers hand in hand. Hey, very welcome back. You're listening to local media this week on Scariff Bay Community Radio. And we have our, as it had, our usual panel here and uh, editor this week. Uh, and uh, very welcome uh, is Parik McMahon from the Clare Echo. Now, we had a lot of hot air flying about the studio during the break. Um, there were several arguments across the table here. So, uh, but the things, the lads have settled down a bit, I'd say that. And uh, the hot, some of the hot air has gone out the door. So we talked about a few things. Um, wind farms was one of the, all the hot air was being blown around here by turbines uh, during the break. But um, I, I, Pat O'Brien, uh, you know, and I tend to agree with him a bit. Has a very makes a very strong case that uh, the the turbines in Derry Bryan, which are are supposed to be dismantled shortly, um, and it's it seems an awful waste to actually dismantle it. Um, and uh, but there there are alternative points of view. Pat, one you're 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 very adamant that the, yeah, the turbines should be left where they are. There's a story there on the on page four of the championship, last chance for wind farm. Andrew Hamilton and Dan Denner has a story. A last ditch attempt to save the ill fated Jerry Bryan wind farm has launched was launched in the Senate last week as a new bill was tabled which could prevent the multi million euro fas- facility from having to be dismantled. A group of senators led by former Minister for Justice Michael McDowell last week guided the public guided the special measures in public interest Jerry Bryan wind farm bill through the four stages of the Senate. The senators hoping hoping the bill which seeks to transfer ownership of the wind farm from the ESB to the Western Development Commission will bypass both the two years the two two twenty O years ruling from the European Court of Justice and the decision made in March of twenty twenty two by Umbor Colonel not to grant substitute consent or reactivate planning permission for the wind farm. I suppose, look at the South Gallery facility has, has 70 turbines and uh, it's turned off and uh, look at this, uh, uh, the European Court has, has, has fined Ireland 20 million and now why, they want, why has they it want fined, to take it down. Why, Pat, has it fined us Yeah, well, that's what they broke, the, the, they didn't uh, observe the planning uh, laws. They broke the planning laws, didn't they? Yeah, well, they, Now, they, who they, was they? I'll tell you who they were. <laughs> they were Gort <laughs> Wind yeah, Farms yeah. as subsidiary of the ESB. The team, so the yeah. ESB broke the law. Mm. By not, uh, not doing proper uh, f- planning. But they were fined twenty million. They were fined twenty million. They didn't. Well, they they not, is that kind of? The European oh. Court of Justice said they are against any against the wind for, that, that no organisation should mm. profit from an illegal development. Yeah, isn't that I, isn't that a good uh, policy? No organisation. That's the yeah. word. Isn't no organisation should profit from any illegal. Development is like a criminal um, having uh, robbed a bank. We okay. put him into prison, but he's still got the money David, we, left we over. David, we put a question to you. Right? Would you I, put, I put that to you, John. How about I, uh, this is my response. No, I'm, I, should, should we put somebody... We put somebody in, in prison. They've, they've robbed the bank. They've taken 20 million. And when they're left out, they can have that 20 million. 
Now, when, if the legislators introduce a new piece of legislation to actually answer your question, to put the state in charge... But the state is in charge because it's the ESB I, I, who wrote the law. Yeah, no, but it's, 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 it's fancy footwork is what is being done. And I think the European who's, Court... Who's, just, I like dancing and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but, uh, it's, 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 it's McDougal <laughs> is doing, proposing, the, yeah. the, the senators it's are proposing... Go, it's it's going to be introduced. I mean, if you were a judge having ruled on this, yeah. you'd, be, you'd be sort of very uncertain about the Irish authorities that they can change the law willy-nilly. But was just this to suit We, we didn't uh, sell our souls down the Swanee when we joined the EU. Well, we have... We, We're still we, a sovereign state. We are, and if the case, if another case is brought back, um, they will throw out this law again. Like, but, I mean, it's it makes a mockery, actually, of our So of you our actually would run the risk of half the mountain... Coming down into the lowland. Well, unfortunately, half the mountain did come down in the lowland because but the other half is waiting to take yeah, off. And don't you come if they start digging up. What, what, what they want to do is go back in and dig all out the, which is uh, maybe there's four or five big uh, uh, loads of, of concrete going into the bases of each one of them. Yeah. And they should have gone in there. You're digging it all out. You dig it out and you dig out all the roads. Well, you're going to tear up the place and you're going to do a huge amount of damage. Yeah, but should they did that in the first place? They well, no, it, 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 it's all, it has all been restored. And, and I know people, I've been talking to people down there. And they're, the, only, the only thing they're, they're, they, they complain about is that the wind farms are not in, working. Uh, well, providing the they should write to the ESB oh. and go to wind farms and tell them they should have done the proper work day one. And then, then there will be no problem. That we have to go before you go, Shame, I just wonder, did anyone from the court... We haven't asked Parag McCann his <laughs> opinion. <laughs> the Court of Justice come over and, and have a look at this wind farm. Was, it, was there anybody from the Court of Justice in uh, all these fellas? Well, they're well, the wellies on in Jerry Do ask Parag. Yeah. Oh, of course yeah. I didn't. Yeah. As a, an unbiased observer. Of course. Until he, he makes a mistake. If he disagrees with me, I won't be unbiased. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, all I'd say is rule 101 in um, media and broadcasting is um, to say what happens on the ad break stays in the ad break. But all I'll say is the Scarif Bay listeners are very educated and they'll be able to ascertain who the hot air was coming from. from the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you. Uh, listen, I'll go back to Porrick again because um, the last time we had elections, uh, you, you had to vote the Clare Echo and Scarlet Bay and other organisations were up in uh, Ellis Diamond at the Falls Hotel and I presume you were in the West County before that. I, I can't remember in the West County before that but we'll be all in the West County again with the help of God next June. Well, not sure on, on where the venue will be but um, all I'll say is you know the people maybe ascertain we have a great interest in politics in the Clear Echo it's got the double page spread again this week and um, not to toot our own horn but we've been the first out with most if not all the exclusives so far with regards to politics now unfortunately Bill Chambers announced his retirement when I was on holiday so I didn't get that <laughs> one first but um, a lot in, in this week's paper the countdown is certainly on to the local elections you, you have mentioned there it's it's a two page spread I think Boric uh, and you're talking about a number of people being added to tickets 
left, right, and center. Um, so you might, would you bring us up to date? Yeah, so a lot of um, Fianna Fáil getting a lot of work done before they sit down to have the turkey um, in the last few days. So they, as I say, Bill Chambers announced his retirement in November. The co-option to fill his seat was uh, held in Kilrush on Sunday. Rita McInerney from Dune Beg um, would be well known appearing on RT Radio, particularly with relation to visits to Donald Trump. Um, she's been a general election candidate in 2020. She won the vote ahead of Michael Shannon from uh, Mulla, who works in Erlingus and Shannon, and Martin Dooley from Cora Clare. So she's going to be on the council for the next six months, gives her a great platform. They're going to have their selection convention to decide the candidates in the Kilrush local electoral area in end January and February. So Rita will be fighting to get on the ticket again um, alongside Councillor Killian Murphy and PJ Kelly, more than likely to get in there. Porig, was that uh, intentional to for Bill to step down to give Rita... No, you're, you don't. Not, so. not in this scenario, but it, it oftentimes would be done in, in politics that, you know, someone might step down. But if it was a bit more intentional, it would have probably happened in February because the convention would have already been held. Okay. So if it was Risha, she'd have been, been home and hose for it. So that's um, bringing yeah. up to speed in the Kilrush local electoral area. Um, Rachel Hartigan, 21 years old from Erdna Crusha, had been an intern in the constituency office of Cahill Crow. She's been added to the ticket in the Shannon Municipal District for Fianna Fáil. She was unsuccessful at their selection convention. Um, so she joins Councillor Pat O'Gorman and David Griffin. Was she close, Pat? She was a bit off it. Um, so it seems to be a push that Fianna Fáil are trying to add a bit more female candidates, which is a welcome development. Um, in the 2019 elections, they would have only had um, one female candidate yeah. across the county, So, and that's Councillor Claire Collum rely And then the other upda- update is in Ennis, Antoinette Bashua Baker, first cousin of two-time All-Ireland winner Ali Baker, has been added to the ticket in the Ennis Municipal District. So Fianna Fáil now have four candidates running in Ennis. Is the old, is the old hurling star... Syndrome is that is that still kind of a valuable as you see it? Well, I think Ali Baker would have a lot of supporters, but I I'd never have seen someone get in because they're a first cousin of someone. <laughs> <laughs> Porik, um, the elections now is the, the real. It's re- will kick off now and from January on. Really, will will the paper will your paper be in a position to do some polling or does it get any do we can we get any sense of where the the jockeying will be yeah we've um a nice few plants in the pipework for um particularly from february on um where we're going to ramp it up and um just with the objective of trying to get the people of the readers of the clear echo and our subscribers in particular to, that they'll be the most informed they can be when they go to the ballot paper to to look at it so while we wish our councillors a happy christmas and everything they maybe should be a bit nervous on what's going to be published in the new year oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay listen we'll go on from there uh the killaloo bridge a photograph in the in on page 28 of the clear echo this week of the bridge being um I think being lowered into position um, is certainly something that will have us talking here in the next while. Uh, in the in in the night time, it was uh, it was done, and people will be talking about the and part of the hot air at half time was uh, 
the benefits or lack of benefits that a bridge will bring to East Clare. But um, anyway, one way or the other, it's certainly, David, uh, it's coming. It is coming, and uh, it's a lovely photograph by Jared McGrath. Is Jared... Uh, Jared is an engineer. An engineer. On project. It's obviously, the photo is taken from the river, from a boat, because that's the view you get. Because if you're passing uh, Ballina there, you won't see this particular shot. So even for those of you just curious about what the bridge might look like uh, when it's finished, go and get the Clare Champion or the Clare Echo this week uh, and have a look at that photo. Uh, the big, it looks like a blue beam. It looks splendid. But, um, yeah, we were, discussing, we were discussing both the good and the bad benefits and pros and cons to uh, speedier access into East Clare. Um, we, have, we have this, this difficulty... Uh, constantly and that is uh, um, waking up uh, to th events a little late a reactive way of thinking it seems that we spend a lot of time in the county discussing issues which are generated by reaction would you uh, yeah. rather than yes. looking forward forward and putting in place securities that we think are important mm, mm. so that we don't have to wait for the murder to happen so to you know. you would want to see some sort of cameras would you on the bridge oh, absolutely prevent, and I, uh, I wouldn't be alone in that yeah. by any means and by the way cameras the guy the, i gather the guardy will have more enforcing power now not enforcing but um suggesting uh, uh that there should be cameras. Mm. Remember, remember, we we asked the Gardaí about that some yeah. year ago, a, and they, they said they didn't have much of a function in that regard. They have to be monitored, and that takes time. And you also want police on the streets, yeah. well, and you don't want police behind cameras. So yeah. never the two shall. But meet. a camera can walk with the. With the <laughs> You're talking about body cameras now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I mean I think that you know. Occasionally, when I when we visit our daughter in Dublin, I go under the cameras there on the M50. Yes. And those cameras can pick up my number. They know who it is. Yeah. And they can they send me a bill, or I have an arrangement for paying it. Mm. Surely, to God, a, a camera could be set up on the bridge. Oh yeah. In Killadoo, and it should pick up every number. And it should be well, put in before the bridge opens. There, there are two things there. I think that's our kind of our. This country's interpretation of the General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR, but it happens in Britain where cameras will spot a, a, a vehicle, a, a suspect vehicle, and it will notify the various police authorities all along the route and they will come after you. Now, we don't have that, I don't think, yet because I think of our of our peculiar interpretation of the general data protection. Do we have to look at that then? Uh, well, yes, I think yeah. we do. It's not, it's not technology is the problem. No. Yeah. Before, Jim, you go on, um, if you want to know your politicians, they're everywhere in the newspapers wishing everybody a very happy Christmas uh, and prosperous 2024. And on page 51, it's one picture uh, caught my eye. It's the Finnegale, the Finnegale crew, and I never knew Santa Claus was part of the local Finnegale team. But there he is. 
He's yeah. there pictured with Councillor Mary Howard. Yeah, one of our favourite politicians yeah. here. Councillor Mary Howard. And uh, uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> now, I want to know, has Santa Claus endorsed Councillor Howard? Is he endorsing Fine Gael? <laughs> is, is this sort of thing allowed by the Clare Echo to, to creep in? Like, surely Santa Claus is a neutral actor. Well, it's the same thing in the, the same picture on the champion. Well David, yes we're the Clare champion and the Clare Echo quite cosy. It seems to suggest, suggest Councillor Mary Howard is very cosy with Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> She's not on the naughty list anyway. <laughs> the election is in June and Santa Claus won't have as much clout in June. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well the sunshine yeah, has its own energising. Listen, uh, just a, a few other things. Pat Owen Gunning, the young man from Broadford who has who has been on this radio station a number of times in analysis, he's being honoured by uh, the Munster Council. Yeah, the Munster Council, which he's he, he, he um, basically honoured. Uh, Clare Valley Million Hurling Captain Ian Smith is the, the story in the back of the champion. One point he has been named as Munster Minor Hurler of the Year by the Ostendi Displays in 2023. He's brought from Mendez Clare to the Munster Island Minor Champion to try to beat him top in the Munster Final. Before I found him for Kenny and a highly and a highly fancied girl around the other island decider. A talented defender was uh, previously named as Electric uh, Island Minor Holding Holder of the Year. So and um, it says here he's a student in the Scarabs Community College. Oh. And uh, so he they recently won the under twenty one in Barford as well and he was one of the leading players and and and, and, uh, and there. So yeah. I really much congratulate him. He's a lot of honours got yeah. this year and um, yeah. I think they're they're, they're well you know, uh, he, he's a well, well, um, entitled, well entitled. Torek, a young man of great promise on the hurling field. Yeah, excellent on the hurling field. And as you mentioned, I've been very impressed with how he speaks that much. Very gentlemanly. Yeah, you know, mm, yeah. years, he spoke at the launch, the, the Clear GA business launch. The youngest person in the room, but one of the best speakers. Yeah. Uh, very impressed with him in, in how he carries himself. And I know Scarf Community College had a little presentation on Monday of this week to... To, to Owen, to Ronan Keane, and to past pupil Mark Rogers, who was named Young Hurler of the Year this yeah. year. So yes, yeah, no, he's great. And he has he has done analysis on on this station with Pat and Leo a few times, and a really very impressive young man. And I suppose another uh, well-known Clareman um, hung up his boots and he's hardly there for the county. Uh, um, um, Collins in the last week, so. We wish him the best. I think yeah. he, he provided us with a lot of entertainment uh, in in Port Holland and football in the last ten since twenty ten. He came on the minors, clear minors. Yeah. Mm. Can I just? We're we're really out of time now, but I just want to first of all to thank for coming out uh, and to ask you. You know, when we talked about this before, you have a sort of a two pronged model of of a newspaper. One is uh, the free newspaper that we all picked up this morning. Uh, in our local news agents or forever, and the other then is a, a premium model. Um, and how is that going? And and is that you know we had been talking for is this the way newspapers are, are going? I think so, Jim. There's um for people that get time, there was a fantastic article in the Sunday Independent last week about the future of journalism, journalism. and basically the the short summary was, journalism isn't broken, but the model is. Mm. So I, again, tooting our own horn, I think we're on the right track with the with the model that we have. Yeah. Um, th- massive thanks to everyone that put in an ad in the paper this week. It's a big paper, which is what I love to see because it gives me more space to write articles. Yeah, 64 pages. Uh, yeah, so delighted with it and, and cre- great credit to our sales team for that. Um, the subscription model is going well. It's um, 
you know, you can see it, the GA season, GA seems to be a big winner for us, but we invest a lot of money into sport. Um, we've great freelance reporters, Seamus Hayes, Owen Brennan, mm-hmm. and Derek Dormer and photographers too that enrich the coverage. So that that's very well received. And um, the politics is proven popular as well um, and a lot of business stuff. So it is it is going well, um, could always be better, but we'd always um, encourage anyone to subscribe as well. And um, Jim, just as I mentioned, you know, thanks to everyone involved. I must congratulate the two men left to right. They're gold winners <laughs> since I, I last spoke to them as well. Um, and a massive thanks. I this show is I listen to the podcast every week and it's um, I really appreciate the support you give to the Clare Echo um, and the service you provide um, in East Clare in the county OK well thank you for that uh, Parik and good luck with your ongoing coverage and uh, in the future um, that's it from us today uh, my thanks to everybody around the table to John S thank welcome John. Jim and to Pat Pat O'Brien thanks Jim and to David Fleming happy Christmas Jim and um, that's you're getting benign in your as, as we fade out. <laughs> I suppose we'd, we'd like to wish Happy Christmas to all our listeners. Keep it in a year, probably before we'll be we'll be we'll be back again. So I think you're broadcasting from Derry Bryan for the first show. <laughs> 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 we, 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 we might go up to Derry Bryan and do a program up there in a year. <laughs> anyway, many thanks and we thank should. you, Parik, for for taking the trouble to to come out to us. Pat, as our DJ, uh, what's your we'll, what will we play out on? We'll we'll finish us with a day for the aliens from Luciano Pavarotti. Pavarotti. Well, no, not, but, no, not our good friend John McConnell. <laughs> no, no, no. We we'll go with Luciano. <laughs> okay. Well, who better to, to give us a blast of it at this time of year? So I, we, you have John McConnell. Yeah. I will play a small bit of John McCormack then. Uh, but we'll oh, you have the, a lip. Give them a, we'll start with a little bit of John McCormack yeah. and then we'll go into Luciano Pavarotti. Right. Okay. <laughs> Many thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, we probably won't be here next weekend, um, but we'll be back the first weekend of January. Uh, many thanks to our listeners. Uh, goodbye and God bless and happy Christmas.